Welcome into Bird's Eye View. When it comes to the Orioles, this weekly podcast is your official source for lack of insight and for baseless opinion. Today is June 17th, 2019, and this is episode 271. My name is Jake English. And I am Scott Magnus. And on this week's show, we'll ask the truly stupid questions. Like we always do. And we'll look into the Orioles' dystopian future. And we'll do all that right after we lubricate the show. That's right. It's time for the drink of the week. Scotty, what are you drinking? Uh, Jake, I am drinking a RAR Brewing Company, a grapefruit nectar um, brewed in Cambridge, Maryland. Uh, 7.4% alcohol by volume, 16 ounce can. Oh boy, what a beer. That's a good one. I yep. like that one a lot. I'm also drinking grapefruit beer, kind of. I'm drinking a Schafferhofer. Schafferhofer? Schafferhofer. It's a Schafferhofer. It is a... Hef- I think that's German for high-stepping. <laughs> it's a Hefeweizen uh, grapefruit beer, B-I-E-R. Uh, only problem is, unlike your uh, several ounces and lots of alcohol, this is 11.2 fluid ounces, which has got to be something in metric. Okay. And wait a minute contains not more than 3.2% alcohol by weight. Okay. So it's juice. Yeah. Is it yummy juice? It's yummy juice. It's yummy juice. Well, it's good. I mean, what's wrong with that? That's a good session ale. Yeah, that's right. It's uh, it's summer drinking. Summer drinking. Get down the back of your lawnmower and uh, go to town. Absolutely. Yeah. So if you'd like to know what we are drinking throughout the week, please come get social with us alcoholically on Untapped. I'm at Jake E4025. I'm at MAGN8606. And with that, let's go ahead and uh, let's get a checkup in. So uh, Alex Cobb really is dead. This might this segment might take the entirety of the episode. Yeah. By the way, the medical wing is just going to be an extended journey. Yeah. So uh, Alex Cobb done for the season uh, with you know hip after it was a shoulder and after it was like a neck and everything else that was going on with. Are it. you saying he was pushed down the stairs to make an injury? Uh, no, I think the Orioles would have been better suited with just pulling Alex Cobb out there even with a bad hip. It's true. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Alex Cobb, we joked about last week, um, jokes on us, Alex Cobb done for the season. <laughs> um, yeah, it's amazing coming into the season. We thought maybe Alex Cobb could potentially be trade value for someone. Um, yeah, not the chance with the Orioles starting pitching. No. Andrew Kishner is also day to day. He missed his scheduled start on June 13th, um, due to a blister. It sounds like he's going to get back into the roster in the next start, but again, we'll have to wait and see. Blister on the right middle finger. I don't think it was from pitching. Just I don't saying. think so either. I think he was just saying hello to his former team. Yep. It, everyone else is on the list, by the way. Josh Lucas, a name I don't even know. No, I do. Um, he's he's on the 10-day DL with right shoulder strain, or as we call it, pitching for the Orioles. And then DJ Stewart, um, of course, went in on the DL with a right ankle sprain. Um, and this was a few weeks ago. But again, he's going to begin his rehab assignment sometime this week, um, not traveling with the team. Um so it's going to be some time. He's going to have to go on rehab assignment and get there. Um, other one that I think needs to be recommended, Mark Trumbo. He's pretty much done as well. Um, he's received a PRP injection on June 13th. Um, they said that he's expected to be sidelined to 7 to 10 days, but we all know how this works. A PRP injection is pretty much basically a Hail Mary. Uh, it certainly looks like Mark Trumbo may have played his last game. 
Whoa, whoa. isn't the PRP what turned uh, failed starter Zach Britton into one of the most dominant closers in baseball? No. Is Mark Trumbo allowed to throw with his leg? Uh, No. Okay. And not to mention, I don't recognize this individual that you're speaking of. Oh, I'm sorry. That's Zach with a C-H. No, no, that person doesn't exist anymore. Really? Yeah. Huh, that's the weirdest thing. Yeah. Hmm. But yeah, Mark Trumbo, um, like I said, may have played his last game for the Orioles and potentially may have played his last game for his career. So... Hate to see it, but it was bound to happen. Hey, he hit a lot of dingers once. Once. One season. Uh, anything else we're missing from the medical wing uh, that's we, of kind of importance? Did we talk about Dwight Smith Jr. and his concussion? Yeah, we did. I mean, just briefly last week, um, batting practice is going on. He's going to have to do a rehab assignment per, you know, per the team. So maybe he's back sometime this week. We'll see what happens. All right. So Fair enough. Yeah. There's a lot of folks on the uh, on the I.L., yeah, and a lot of folks that, again, not going to make a significant contribution to the team. <laughs> and a lot of folks we wish were in the IL yeah. the way this uh, this team went. All right, let's talk good things. Let's go to 200 Daily Characters or Less this week on the Twitters. Start this, us off. This week on the Twitters, I, I don't know which way this worked, but this is recognition of a good thing by official sources. Now, as you know, the Orioles are doing these theme nights, and uh, one of their upcoming theme nights is Jimmy Buffett night. I happen to enjoy me some Jimmy Buffett, but I'm not in the cult of Jimmy Buffett. Um, I think the It's 705 Somewhere shirts are a really good idea. The Orioles are now promoting that event with the Orioles logo as other birds, and they've legitimately got a parrot, a hashtag Margaritaville Night parrot, which means that they have clearly had to have contacted the uh, Oriole logo as other, other birds guy and gotten them on board this is awesome this is good shtick getting the uh, official seal of approval i approve i'm surprised mlb has not contacted that account yet and said please shut it down um but we'll see what happens uh we normally don't do this but we're going to give a kudos this is my my kudos award uh going into the this week on the twitter uh, and this was just a nice callback uh jake you tweeted out that you just turned on the baseball game and then uh, you've got a Ferris Bueller clip, which, of course, you know, we love Ferris Bueller. Uh, and Sam Abate, uh, at Sam Abate, who is a loyal follower of this podcast and on our Twitter, uh, responded, it's not a game. It's a massacre. That's a good callback. That's a good pull. That's a good That's a good pull. That's a good callback. So well done, Sam, on that one. Uh, that's a tip of the cap. Well done. All right. Um, Scotty, we all know it's coming, but uh, the pity pick is nearly upon us. This is a tweet that comes from Joe Trezza, who, of course, tweets at Joe Trez. Trey Mancini remains in 17th place among AL outfielders in the latest all-start ballot update. He's a pinch more than 300,000 votes behind Astros outfielder Josh Reddick, who currently sits in 9th place. This year, the top nine outfield voters, uh, uh, vote-getters move on to the second phase of voting. So he was 17th. Yep. Um... They recounted. Yep. And they they got all the hanging chads. Um, they counted the uh, the absentee ballots, and he's still seventeenth. Yeah, I think we're done. Yeah, I think so. I think too. we're done here. But it was great to see like Chris Davis come out with a megaphone and try to get fans that were not in attendance to vote for Trey Mancini. If we're the worst team in baseball, why can't we do the the Kansas City Royals thing and get all of our players in the All Star game? Because we don't care anymore. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, next one. Um, this is a tweet that makes me a little happy. We've talked about trying to find some bit of happiness in this in this sadistic slash is that tragic. Allowed? 
Yeah, I mean, on some instances. If you're drinking grapefruit beverages, absolutely. Tweet comes from Rockabaco at Mass and Rock. Double A Bowie outfielder Uziel Diaz has been selected as the Eastern League Player of the Week for the period of June 10th through the 16th. He batted 364 with two doubles, three home runs, 12 RBIs, seven runs scored, four walks, and an 864 slugging percentage in six games. For as bad as Uziel Diaz was at the very beginning of the season, it's good to see him potentially turning it around. That's not necessarily saying I said thinking he's the future, but it's nice to see that there's a potential for hope of some return from that Manny Machado trade. Absolutely. Yeah. Our next tweet comes to us from Dylan Atkinson, who, of course, tweets at Dylan T. Atkinson. Since the start of May, two hashtag Orioles starting pitchers have performed very well. And at first, I assumed that Dylan had been drinking, but then he prefer, uh, provided some stats. I also think he was drinking when he posted this. But fair. Yeah. Fair. John Means, eight games started, 45 innings, pitched a 2.60 ERA, a 3.83 FIP, and a 1.14. Four? Four. 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 Dylan Bundy, eight games started, 46 and two-thirds innings pitched, a 3.09 ERA and a 3.93 FIP, and a 1.04. Four. Hey, those are two starters for the Baltimore Orioles who are not crapping their pants on the regs. Hey, great for them. We'll see how long Dylan Bundy can keep it up with the current pitch selection and pitch arsenal that he has. All I have is one tweet of good news. Don't ruin this for me. We had two, actually. Okay. Yeah, we had two. That's all you're going to get. Two out of three ain't bad. Uh, last one. Uh, Jake, you know how much I love me some cuteness. You know it. I do. I know this about you. And Jake, uh, I know deep down in my heart how much you love little girls. That's a dangerous phrasing, but correct still. Uh, and of course, I have to point out uh, from the Orioles account, uh, this interview with Ella Davis interviewing her dad on Father's Day and asking questions to him. Oof. It was, good. It was a good interview. However, Ella never asked some questions like, Dad, why do you continue to chew tobacco? Uh, Dad, is mommy disappointed you, with you? Uh, Dad, when are you going to retire and come home and play with me? And, uh, hey, Dad, uh, wasn't it cool when you were a superhero and not like you are right now? So you're saying there were some softball questions? Uh, he can't hit a softball. What I'm saying here is um, if your daughter would have interviewed him, it would have been more hard-hitting. <laughs> But it was super cute. It was super cute. It was adorable and uh, just a fun thing to watch. And uh, yeah, like I said, don't let our our sarcasm and cynicism tear you down from the cuteness um, that is uh, always present when a daughter and a dad interact. When the team is this bad, you just need to like pour that into your veins. It's just it's good stuff. It, it is good stuff. Absolutely. All right, Jake. Um we talked about the aspect of it's been a really bad season. Um, what? I, I'm surprised. These Baltimore Orioles? I'm surprised that you guys are even listening at this point. Oh. Um, I think there's only one thing for us to do. Hmm. Why don't we get stupid? I think that's taken. Is that taken? It used to be. Yeah. All right, Jake. So you and I have a tendency to uh, banter about stupid questions all the time when talking about the Orioles. And uh, frankly, it makes our wives basically want to um, kill themselves. Leave us. But uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, both. I mean, 
strong. They couldn't live without us, right? Not according to that the court out. system. Okay. Um, yeah, we we ask a lot of stupid questions, yeah. but I feel like tonight we need to double down. Double down on the I stupidness? Mean, we need to get real dumb. All right, let me go ahead and then take a swill of this grapefruit beer really quickly, and we'll get ready to do this, all right? These are some questions, Scotty, that I'm kind of embarrassed about, but I feel like we're amongst friends here, and by that I mean the six people listening at home. Um, I, I cannot believe it's taken me this long to to take note enough to ask, but what is the deal uh, what's the deal? What's the deal with the Orioles starting the lawnmower every time they get a hit? I guess it's let's throttle it up or let's go ahead and mow down some grass. It's just a weird thing. Yeah. It's a weird thing. I, I guess, you know, some lawn care enthusiasts among the players um, or something. I just don't really get it. I mean, I guess it's some way to respond back to the dugout, but it just seems... I don't know. It's a weird thing. We need to get hard-hitting uh, interviewer L. Davis in on this and find out what's really going on. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm all for you know celebrating. You know, I think back to the time of like Chris Dickerson with the the jaunty raised the roof. The jaunty raised the roof. Yes, uh, I have no issue with that. I have no issue kind of uh, with a little bit of you know funness or like chewing a piece of corn on the cob or you know whatever it may be, but. The starting the lawnmower thing, uh, guys, you are terrible. Like, <laughs> if that's the case, you need to get out, you know, this terrible lawnmower that you're currently riding on and, you know, go to something brand new. I think it might be that some of these guys are like one week away from actually having lawn care be their profession. Mm. How long has this actually been going on for for the lawnmower thing? I think the whole season. Did, was it going on last season or mm-hmm. is this a new thing? No, I think this is a 2019 thing. If anybody out there knows the story, please tell us, because it's a little embarrassing that I don't know. I mean, we're an Orioles podcast. Are we supposed to know about this lawnmower thing? Okay. Second really embarrassing, stupid question. Sure. And this one, Scotty, I feel this is on you and me. Yeah. Have we been saying Anthony Santander's name wrong this whole time? Uh, you mean Santander. No, Santander. Santander. Thank you. Santander. I heard somebody say it once, and I was like, "That's you're stupid. Yeah. That's clearly not it." And then Santander, everyone's been saying it that way. Yeah, actually, I think they're really and over pronouncing it the whole time on the broadcast too. Yeah. Santander. I think the really sad part about this is that uh, Anthony Santander clearly Santander. didn't say anything to anyone who was mispronouncing his name because you know he was just some guy who had been brought up and now that he's been down in the minors and sure. back up and down in the minors again he's finally said oh hey guys you're you're, you're saying you're, my name wrong. Yeah, you're saying it wrong yeah i personally think it should just be called santa dare but uh apparently that's not acceptable either i think i think the consummate uh pronunciation is santanda santanda yeah so anthony santander i apologize and i feel stupid for not having known yeah all right. Here's the next stupid question. Okay. So the Orioles have started doing these these thing where they have all different perks for the field yeah. member Birdland members. We still got to figure out which one we're doing this year. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Maybe we'll get some help from the listeners to decide what we should do. Okay. But if you're an 81 game diamond package uh, ticket holder, one of the things that you can do is you get the opportunity to deliver the first ball and the rosin bag to uh, the mound okay. before each game. Do you think there are enough diamond package uh, customers, Birdland members, to go through each of the 81 games? Yes. Really? Yes. 
Okay, because at first when they did it, I was pretty sure that they were just going to name all remaining Orioles fans by name. Sure. And that clearly I was I was somewhere in line. Yeah. Like somewhere in September. No, I bet you there's enough businesses that have full season tickets that are willing to get the tickets out. Um, personally, I, I don't understand why you would do that as a business because why wouldn't you just go get a 29 game plan? If you need to buy additional tickets, you buy additional tickets. I can't imagine there is a company in town that is saying, you know, it's a good use of our time is to basically take people to baseball games every single night. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah, I hear you, but I haven't seen any on the broadcast. You know, it's it's all been, oh, this is Dale and he and his dad got tickets uh, at Camden Yards or they've had season tickets for 45 years or something like that. It's because they can't promote the business that they're actually representing, but we know that it ultimately is a business opportunity. Okay, so... Sub-question, do you think there are enough individuals who are not businesses to make it through 81 games? No, absolutely not. Well, I'm going to keep watching and see what happens. If if anyone on this podcast is actually a uh, diamond ticket package um, and does not operate it as a business entity and use it as a tax write-off, uh, please contact me at Bird's Eye View. I have a CPA that can be in contact with you, and we can start our own business going forward so you can write this off as a tax credit. It's the least I can do for you going forward for making such a stupid purchase. That is the least that you can do. Yeah. Uh, all right, Scotty, another dumb question. Sure. And everybody else can play along, yeah. okay? Uh, on the count of three, yeah. without looking it up, yeah. I want you to name the Orioles' five starters. One, two, three, go. Dylan Bundy. Andrew Kashner, Gabriel and Noah, John Means. I don't know. That's all I, think, I know. I think you're missing TBD. Yeah. Whoever, whoever's available at that time. But, mm-mm. Yeah. Mm. And Gabriel and Noah is still, like, pseudo-question mark. Yeah, he's so, I mean, holding down the spot. Yeah, I mean, so it's really Andrew Kashner, Dylan Bundy, and John Means. Um, and then... Who's available? Who's available? That's it. And the DFA shuttle. Yeah, I mean, I, Caleb Joseph is a good option going forward for a starting pitching role. But all right, so Jake, um, Mother's Day games have been historic between the Red Sox and the Orioles. Um, obviously, we've got the Mother's Day massacre. It's a massacre. Exactly. Thank you. Uh, but of course, we also have the 2012 game during Mother's Day where the Orioles uh, played the 18 innings and Chris Davis managed to get into the game and win the game for the Baltimore Orioles as well. So, uh, Jake, uh, based on this, what are we calling this recent Father's Day game where the Orioles squandered a 3-2 to two lead, uh, ended up losing it 8-6 to six in extra innings? The disappointed dad game. Um, I, I like that. I like that. I, I can't think of any other way. The thing about that game is that, I mean, I, I watched it. I don't know if you watched it. Um, but as soon as the game was tied you knew what was going to happen as soon as it became three to three the the result was telegraphed yes everyone in the metro area knew what was going to happen the the only thing that we did not know was how perverse it was going to get at the end like it wasn't just oh the game ends four to three how disappointing it was wow they're really pouring on the runs this team is um not good. No. I'm thinking the um, friable, frail Father's Day. 
Father's Father's Day fiasco. Father's Day fiasco is a good one. Um, yeah, it was pretty much exactly how we, how it was written. Of you knew when they went up three two, you're just like, if they manage to get you know two outs, you know maybe they get through it. But as soon as the ninth hole hitter came up and was making good cuts, I'm like, he's going to tie it somehow. He's going to tie it. And of course, it's the first home run for him for the entire season as the ninth hole hitter. And why uh, wouldn't it be? And then the thing that really screamed, this is Orioles baseball, and I think Derek Arnold was posting about this at the same time, too, was the Orioles letting the Red Sox go up 8-3 to three, and then slowly climbing back into it, and you just know, like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's like these are just runs that don't matter whatsoever. The game is already over, and you're just padding your fantasy line, as it were, with this home run and these RBIs. So very sad. Yeah, because in the box score, it doesn't look that bad. But it was that bad. It was that bad. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Jake, is DFAing Joey Rickard that surprising to you? Um, no and yes. Okay. No, I don't think DFAing Joey Rickard is, is that surprising. You and I are, are pretty much on record for never having really joined the cult of the Joey followers. Um, but let me say this. It takes a special kind of talent to get DFA'd on the t- 2019 Baltimore Orioles. Yeah. I mean, look at the guys that are left. Yeah. And you couldn't hack it against those guys? Woof. I mean, I guess my thing with Joey Rickard is when I compare him versus Keon Broxton, I don't think there's much of a difference. I actually think Joey Rickard actually might be a better center field defensive player than Keon Broxton is. But ultimately, this comes back down to Joey Rickard is a known entity. Mm-hmm. So what's the point of trying to work with Joey Rickard if he's a known entity and this is all you're going to get out of him? Maybe Keon Broxton turns it around. Doubtful. But the Orioles have to start trying to find hidden gems, as it were, like a Hanser Alberto or a Pedro Severino. And they're going to have to keep turning over Roxons, hoping that something comes up. There's no point to continually put out a player like a Joey Rickard who is not going anywhere in the future. Yeah, so the next question, of course, is Joey Rickard, does he remain with the organization, or do you think he gets away? Um, I think he gets away, because I think someone's going to try to pick him up for his defense um, in the outfield and hope that he can transition. I bet you some National League takes, pick, picks him up and uses him as, as a fourth outfielder. Fourth or fifth outfielder. Okay, fan, fair enough. Yeah. All right. My question to you, and this is, again, dumb question. Kevin Brown in the radio booth. Mm -hmm. Not that Kevin Brown. Yeah. No, no, no. Not that Kevin Brown. Mm -hmm. That Kevin Brown. That Kevin Brown. Okay. Kevin Brown in the radio booth. Yay or nay from what you've heard so far? I'm going to give it an incomplete. And I'll explain why I'm going to give it an incomplete. Okay. Um, When I listen to him call a game and uh, act as a radio personality, I actually think I like him better than Jim Hunter. Because he actually calls the game. Calls the game. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Here's where I have a problem right now with Kevin Brown. Um, there has to be a good color commentator with Kevin Brown in order to pull it out. You know, uh, there is a reason why Joe Angel was so good. And, you know, there is an aspect of color commentary really makes it. The banter, as it were, between the color commentator and the announcer really makes it. And I feel like Kevin Brown hasn't found that person yet that has clicked with him and he hasn't built up this personality to basically have this playful banter. When I was able to listen back in the days to Orioles radio, it's that playful banter, which would drive my wife insane. But 
it's that again white noise as it were um to all encompass everything that's going on and then interspersing baseball into it and i know maybe that's an old man thing but i'm an old man at heart and that's what i want to listen to and i think kevin brown will get there one day with the right collar commentator i cannot wait to hear more kevin brown and ben mcdonald i think kevin brown and ben mcdonald we're going to listen to them go back and forth with each other there is going to be a hint of both of them know college baseball to a certain regard. Both of them have seen a lot of minor league baseball, too. I think there's going and to be— a, By that, you mean the 2019 Yeah, August? of course. Yeah. I think there's going to be a lot of witty comments and stuff like that that most people are not going to pick up on. But I think it's going to be really interesting to watch Kevin Brown and Ben McDonald do more games together. And I want to see that interaction with each other. Here's what I've grown to appreciate about Kevin Brown. He is— incredulous about what he has seen like when you sign on to call games for the baltimore Orioles in 2019 i think you knew that it was not going to be a winning club but there are times where he's got the call where he literally cannot believe what he is saying yeah and i kind of appreciate that he's just like i cannot believe that just happened in front of me in a major league baseball park i i cannot believe i have to say that this happened again yep and that that disbelief that, you know, very professionally, don't get me wrong, but that disbelief that he has to work through on a nightly basis, um, he, he's all of us in that moment. Yeah. And so I think, I think like you, I, I have hope for him. Yeah, I'm like I said, I'm not willing to pass judgment on him just yet. I consider him to be, again, a uh, an individual that may blossom into something. He is going to be, at this moment, my Hanser Alberto who has been cast off into the light and uh, the Orioles decided to pick him up and see if they could uh, put him back together again and turn him into something of value. Do you have like a, a deal with Hanser Alberto's agent where if you say his name enough times, you know, you, you get a little something. something? I, I don't know what you're talking about, but Hanser Alberto is a great man. Um, and uh, Hanser Alberto should always be recognized on this podcast. Um, this message is co-sponsored by the committee for Hanser Alberto. Fair enough. All right, next question. Actually, yeah. you know what? This isn't a question. Okay. I want you to fantasize for a moment. Okay, one second. Okay. Mm-hmm. Imagine yes. this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, imagine yeah. this. Oh. oh, yeah. It's 2019. Yeah, okay. The Orioles mm-hmm. have signed a player from Korea who has never played in Major League Baseball. North Korea? No. <laughs> Hyunsu Kim. Oh, Hunsu Kim, yes. Na 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 na. Real question. Yeah. What would Kim have been like for this organization under the Elias regime rather than under the Showalter Duquette regime? I think Hunsu Kim would have been bas- batting right around uh, number one or number two in this lineup. And I think Hunsu Kim would have a 380 on base percentage. 380 to 400 on base percentage. Hmm. I think he might be hitting like 260 to 280, but I think if we looked at on base percentage, I think he'd be close to 400. I think two things. Yeah. One, I think he also would be pretty old right now, which is another killer for him. Bummer. But but if we think about maybe Hunsu Kim coming in and being at a decent age, I'm thinking he could have easily been a top of the order guy, just like we thought he should have been, and having an on base percentage of about 380 to 400. He's what, 30, 31 at this point? I feel like he's like 34 at this point. No. I feel like he might even be retired. That can't be right. I think that might be right. Oh, man. Anyway, I was just thinking about the usage that he got versus the usage that he might have gotten in a more 
forward thinking organization. Mm-hmm. And um, even if he's 70 right mm-hmm. now, he'd be better than the guys we have on this roster. Yeah. All right. Uh, speaking of international signings, let me ask you this. Um, the international signing period has not been kind to the Orioles, or maybe it's more accurate to say the Orioles haven't been very kind to the international signing period. Well, I was about to say, I would consider this to be more like tardiness slash nine times, <laughs> nine times, nine times. Yeah. I mean, they just haven't participated at all. It is against their philosophy as it were to participate in the process. So the stakes are always so high yeah. for Baltimore Orioles fans. Do you remember the whole, you know, Victor, Victor Mesa thing? Yeah. If we don't get Mesa, you know, we, we're, Awful. That's the we gotta get him, or or everything breaks down. Hi, I'm yeah. Scott Magnus. Okay, nice to meet I, you. I, I thought I was paraphrasing yeah. someone I knew. Let me ask you this. Yeah, we just got Adley Rutschman. Yeah, uh, Orioles fans, you know, are believing in Mike Elias and Sigma Dell. They're they're being a little more lenient with the club, giving mm-hmm. them some some breathing room to get this rebuild done. You know, they don't necessarily like what they're seeing on the field, but they they're trusting. The Trusting the process. So my stupid question is this. Sure. Can this fan base perhaps get a little too complacent? No. Do you think it's possible that we say, oh, we've got Elias, everything will be fine, and we're not really critically watching? No. Do you think it's possible that we'll make signings and we'll be so glad that we signed anybody that we'll be happy with whatever we get? No. Okay. Okay. I, I'm going to hold you to that, Scotty. Yeah, I, you lead the charge. We need you. I think the fact that you already have people yelling about, let's go ahead and promote prospects in order to fill in the Orioles rotation and or fill in the gaps of the injury list that's currently there just uh, exemplifies uh, to a certain regard uh, how much the Orioles fan base uh, will uh, keep honest, as it were, if um, the pool is not refilled. Um, Victor Victor Mesa is also posting a 247 WOBA in a 56 weighty runs created plus in high single A right now with 229 plate appearances. Hmm. It's almost as if he wasn't Jesus in cleats. Almost. Huh. Well, you know who who should be filling our rotation? Who's that? Hans Alberto. Hans Alberto would be amazing in our rotation. Um, Jake, I was going through and I was trying to pull up some statistical numbers, and uh, I've got an issue here. Um, the Orioles used to put game notes on their website. And uh, yeah, they're no longer there anymore. That's new to 2019. Why is that? I have no idea. Do you think it's just people weren't clicking on them? And so it's like, what's the point of doing this? Maybe. Maybe they're secret game notes. I doubt that highly. Secret game notes. I doubt that highly again. Secret game notes. The thing about the game notes is that um, not only were they secret, yeah, um, but they had little like puns and wordplay yeah. in them. Blurbs. Which I appreciate it. Yeah. But now they're hidden from us. We'll never they know. still do them because we yeah. see them posted by the media on occasion just being like, hey, take a look at this. They're just secret. Maybe they're not notes. very well written. No, I think they were. No, like what if the guy left? Oh. And like they don't want to put it out there for public consumption because they're not that great. Huh. Maybe the wordplay is no longer there. Maybe in 2020 what we should do is we should take a look and see if there is a game note wordplay author position mm. open. About to say – Baltimore Orioles, if you are looking to hire, I've got the perfect gentleman for you. Uh, He has a uh, humor of a seventh grade middle school boy. Mm -hmm. Um, He enjoys 1960s music, specifically the Beatles, not so much the Monkees. 
uh, can tolerate the Rolling Stones. Checks but, out. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, kind of is, um, you know, somewhat well dressed. Let, let's just go. You know, he's Peter Schmuckish. Okay, so I mean, that's he's not. I am a schmuck. He is not going to upset the apple cart. Baltimore Orioles. If you were looking for someone to provide you some playful banter uh, in written form, uh, Jake English is your perfect individual, and. If you want to uh, serenade uh, the Bar of the Orioles faithful, get him and Ryan Wagner in a booth together, and uh, beautiful music could be made. Yeah, Scotty, but that won't be available any sooner than the year 2020. Ooh, that gives me an idea. Let's take a quick break, and uh, let's come back and think about what could happen in the year 2020. Scotty, it seems like everything is disjointed. I I can't make heads or tails out of what's going on. Every game I, I look and things get worse and worse. I, I feel like my very sense of reality is slipping away. And the worst part is, Scott, is that I look ahead to next season and it's probably going to be more of the same. You know, we talk about 2019 and the Orioles didn't do a darn thing to make their roster better than it was in 2018, a season in which they lost 115 games. And when we look forward to what we have to, to see in 2020, it just makes me feel like it's going to be this dystopian wasteland. And I need to know, Scott, I need to know that things are going to be better. I need you to sit me down and tell me that there is hope. I need you to tell me that the year 2020 is going to be a land of, of wonders and surprises and good things. Well, Jake, we, we can do that because we're able to see into the future. Really? We are. So let's go ahead and, again, focus and think about what we're going to do in the year 2020. In the year 2020. Jake, in the year 2020, Adam Jones will return to Baltimore after satisfying his one-year contract where then he will be promptly traded to the Philadelphia Phillies to satisfy Orioles' Facebook. In the year 2020! Scott, in the year 2020, Red Sox and Yankees fans, the only fans left in attendance, will be invited to deliver the first ball and rosin bag. Ooh, get that diamond club. In the year 2020! Jake, in the year 2020, the Orioles decide to fill out an entire team of bobbleheads for a game to drive up attendance. One of them is offered a multi-year deal as a starting pitcher after the game. In the year 2020, Baltimore fans will watch the will he or won't he of yet another Rule 5 pick. Spoiler alert. He won't quite be good enough. In the year 2020, the Orioles finally make the move to get rid of Thank God I'm a Country Boy for the seventh inning stretch. In replacing it, 
They replaced it with Buck Showalter's nose whistle and reminding them of a better time and a better place. In the year 2020. In the year 2020. Jonathan Trade Value VR will be an AL MVP contender for another club. In the year 2020. In the year 2020, the Angelos finally sell the team to two private owners. Their names, Statler and Waldorf, purchase the team in order to heckle the Muppet managing in the Orioles' dugout. In the year 2020. In the year 2020, the most valuable Oriole will be Hanser Alberto. Actually, that one might be right, actually. And true. again, I would fully recommend this from the committee from Hanser Alberto. So honestly, if Hanser Alberto is our most valuable Oriole in 2020, Things don't look that bad for me. I think it is looking up. It's looking up. Strangely, this did make me feel better. That's good. I bet it was the nose whistle. It was. Absolutely. <laughs> the nose whistle. <laughs> well, Scott, I think the real question is, now that I'm uh, out of the pits of despair, now that I'm feeling a little bit better, yeah. will I continue to feel better through Fantasy Boss? Yes, Jake, you were the boss this week. Uh, we went with K percentage last week, and we chose Richie Martin and uh, Ru- uh, Keon Broxton. Richie Martin, 46.2% K rate. Oh, Keon Broxton, 429 Number one and number two for the Baltimore <laughs> Orioles in terms of K rate this week, which brings the score to four to three to one. And, Jake, you hit a wild card. Woo! Chris Davis still manages to be on this team as of part June 15th. As such, you move into a commanding lead of five to three to one. Scott Magnus, you are a man of your word because I forgot all about the wild card. I'm that, all, all about the wild that card. That says more about your character than enough people give you credit for. Listen, I'm all about character here, and I'm all about satisfying the audience. And as such, with Fantasy Boss, there's only one way to go about doing it this week. Dong! Dongs, dongs. No, it's not just dongs, dongs, dongs. Where are the Orioles playing this week? Dongs after dark. Yes. We've got a West Coast trip. We've got some 10 o'clock baseball, both in Oakland and Seattle this week. So, folks, it's dongs, dongs, dongs after dark. Now, the Orioles are playing a day game in Oakland on Wednesday. Close enough. And as such, none of the home runs will count from Wednesday's game. So it is truly a dongs, dongs, dongs after dark. Ugh. So we have. I'm to so get- glad that your daughter listens to this podcast. Actually, each week she asks me if it's appropriate for her to listen to, <laughs> and you'd be shocked at how many times I tell her no. Yeah. 
Uh, okay, Dongs After Dark. Dongs After Dark. Uh, there's a clear, a clear, easy winner here. Yeah. Um, it should be Trey Mancini. Everybody should be picking Trey Mancini. I'm going with Renato Nunez. All right. Uh, I, I love the Renato Nunez pick. Um, I'm not going to pick Chalk, though. I'm going to go a little bit out there. If you pick Hanser Alberto, my night will be made. I'm going with Hanser Alberto. <laughs> <laughs> Most valuable Oriole for 2020. Is this brought to you by the uh, the committee for Hanser Alberto? It is brought to us by the committee for Hanser Alberto. That's fantastic. No problem. All right. We will see who owns it, whether it's Renato Nunez or Hanser Alberto. Richie Martin will have to wait till next week. With that. He doesn't have a committee. Let's find out who is good, who is bad, and who is ugly this past week. That's right, it's time again. It's time for the good, the bad, and the ugly. This is the segment where we decide who made us proud to be Orioles fans, as unlikely as that sounds, and who made us ashamed. And so I will go ahead and get started with my good for the week. And my good goes to none other than Anthony Santander. Santander. Uh, He nearly had the team lead with 26 plate appearances, and he did a lot with it. He had a 230 weighted runs created, plus a... 11.5 11.5 K percentage. And that's, that's interesting enough, but he also had an 11.5 walk percentage. Um, but the one thing I will say about him is that he had a 450 Babip. So, uh, the dragon luck was with him. Let me ask you this, Scotty, two highlight reel catches for Santander in the outfield this past week. Is Anthony Santander a plus glove in the outfield or did he just have a good week back there? Yeah, it's not a good week. He's a terrible outfielder. That's kind of what I thought. Yeah, he's a terrible outfielder. I'm trying. You know, maybe Santander was a bad outfielder, but Santander. Santander. Much better. Much better. He was my good. I'm going to go with Chancisco. Um, I know it was in a limited sample size, but I really like what I'm seeing right now from a plate appearance and a plate discipline standpoint with Chancisco posting up a 462 on base percentage. Um, You know, Chancisco is not going to be a catcher, but we've got to find some position out there that Chancisco could play. could it be a DH going forward as opposed to a Mark Trumbo? Yeah, I think that's a possibility. I want to see a little bit more Chancisco up at the plate to see if he can actually hit Major League Baseball hitting. If he can't hit Major League Baseball hitting, there's no point to find him a position going forward in the future for the Orioles. Hear me out. Yeah. Can he pitch? No. Okay. My bad for the week goes to Jonathan VR. And I ask you, Scott, what happened to Jonathan trade value VR? Uh, he did have the the plate appearances lead for the club and he did not do a whole lot with it he had 64 rated runs created plus a 25 percent uh k percentage and uh yeah it was not good i although i will say that all that is accepting sunday where really it seemed like it was the red sox versus jonathan vr yeah my bat's gonna go to Michael Givens again, continuing up this you know give the game away um i I know he hadn't pitched for several days. Uh, I know he had to get into the game. He didn't pitch on Sunday either, but it just again, you can't give up the long ball in that situation, so Michael Givens is my bat, and again, he's going to probably continue to be bad um I think in the m l b trade rumors thing, they still said he's a top fifty you know person that could be traded i I don't see what the Orioles are getting back from him, and I don't understand what playoff team would want him on their roster. Bag of balls. 
Yeah. Jake, who's your ugly for this week? My ugly has to go to none other than Richie Martin Jr. And um, he's just... He's not impressive. He had a 72 weighted runs. Hang on. There's a smudge on my screen. He had a negative 72 weighted runs created plus. He had a negative 72 weighted runs created plus. Do you know how good that is? Not very. It's not. Woof. If you're wondering what that means on the back of the baseball card, that is a 77 average with a 143 BABIP. But here's the incredible thing. He had a K percentage of 46.2, as we talked about, and a walk rate of zero. He cannot hit Major League pitching. How long will they keep him on the squad? Spoiler alert, all year, he's the Rule 5 guy. Jake, my ugly for this week, it's going to go to one of the obvious ones, Dan Straley. When you when you phrased it like that, I thought it was going to be me, but go ahead. Dan Straley is... Posted a 17.18 ERA. Is that good? Nope. 15.46 FIP and a 4.44 XFIP. But more importantly, I wanted to go through his entire season stats to date. Please do. Uh, He has started uh, eight games. Um, He's pitched in 13 of them. Uh, 45.1 innings pitched. And uh, over that 45 innings, he has a 9.13 ERA, an 8.81 FIP, and a negative uh, 1.0 four um four four uh, so jake this basically is the same as um terrible chris tillman and terrible brian mattis what the heck are the orioles doing still maintaining this guy on the roster what exactly is he offering whatsoever this time you've got him on a one-year deal it's 3.4 million dollars it's not going to work cut loose and just move on there's no point to keep this guy on the 40-man roster there's no point there's no redeeming value that Dan Shirley can continue to bring to this club. Launch him into the sun and never speak of him again. He is an absolute blithe on a terrible, terrible, terrible Orioles team. That's awful. No, he is awful. He is worse than Kevin Gregg. He is worse than Kevin Gregg and Michael Gonzalez combined together. Whoa, whoa. You and I agree on many things on this podcast. And you and I agree that Dan Straley is an abomination. Yes. You and I agree that he has no business pitching here. Yes. But don't you dare. Don't you dare knock Kevin Gregg off the mantle of worst Oriole pitcher in my personal history. Kevin Gregg was twice the pitcher that Dan Straley is. Kevin Gregg is twice the pitcher that Dan Straley will never be. He is the worst Ever. And for those fans that like him because he punched David Ortiz, well, now you look pretty stupid, don't you? Kevin Gregg is the worst. He is the protester, the ultimate worst pitcher ever. Is it possible that Kevin Gregg was trying to serve up a hit job? Oh, jeez. <laughs> he was really broken up about the phone. I mean, based off his performance on the mound, he was pretty good at throwing hit jobs. <laughs> I think I need to retreat. Yes, uh, Dan, uh, yes, of course. Dan, yes, Dan, Dan, Dan Straley. All right. Well, that was actually a pretty decent blowing the save there. But oh, oh, I have material. Oh, you got material. Play the music. Play that funky music. Scotty, um, would you say that you are a avid member of uh birdland social media no 
Would you say that you follow Oriole's social media with any regularity? Some regularity, yeah. Let me uh, let me just dig up a story that may have fallen through the cracks for you this week. Okay. Uh, there was a little bit of hubbub this week about a grown-ass man getting to a foul ball, basically stealing it from a child yeah. at a Baltimore Orioles game this week. Two children, I believe it was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what are your feelings on adults taking slash beating children to foul balls? Um, number one, doesn't surprise me. Hmm. I think the point that really pushed me over the edge was when the guy retreated back to his seat and then started shouting at the kids and the parents of, I know it's truly awful, but I've been coming here for 30 years. At that point, it's like, great, I got my foul ball. I'm going to walk it over to the kids and say, here you go. I don't need this. It's all yours. Look, social media is, is wonderful about so many things, and it's terrible because it can turn us into a mob. And and it is it's it's a bad thing when you publicly shame people to the point where it becomes unhealthy. But this is a pretty shameful thing. Okay. So I don't I don't know the guy. I'm not you know. I do have a question about this. Yeah, and I've been thinking about this a lot, specifically when I go to a ball game when I catch my next foul ball because mm-hmm. I know mm-hmm. it's going to happen one day. I'm going to catch another foul ball, and I've caught like two or three before in my lifetime. If I catch that foul ball, and there's a kid in my section. Do I give him the foul ball, or do I instead take the foul bat ball back to my house and give it to my kids? I think you give it to the closest child present. So you don't take it back to your kids. Yeah. I, I think that's on you for not having your child present. Oh, that's a good point. That's a good point. You know, I'm still in the doghouse for my last foul ball event. Foul ball was hit. Is that what happened with your second kid? I, I ended up with it. I flipped it to the kid in the row behind us. Sarah, totally pissed. About not bringing it back to your kids? No, about not giving it to her. Oh. And and you would think that, that would fade? Still pissed. No, I'm about to say, she's been known to hold a grudge. I Look, I'm, I'm all for uh, the aspect of giving the ball to the kid, but um, I just wanted to talk about the aspect of children and whether or not you should hand it down. But I completely agree with you, actually, now thinking about it. I think, you know, when I was a kid and caught my foul ball... You know, I still think about that moment of going for, like, the grab and coming across similar adults but still coming up with the ball. And I think it's the adventure and the action as opposed to the the item that really makes it. So I have no idea how old I was, but this was at Memorial Stadium. Okay. So I was younger than nine. Yeah. Right? So we were at— Seven, eight-ish, somewhere yeah, in that ballpark. Somewhere, yeah. Somewhere there. Yeah. I was at Memorial Stadium. We were on the first base side, upper deck. Somebody hit a foul ball. It was uh, it was the visiting team who I believe were the Tigers and Anthony Telford was pitching. This is all I can remember, but it landed in our section. Some guy at the end of the row uh, ended up with the ball, and so I walked you know like ten seats down or whatever, and I said, "Can I see the ball?" And uh, he handed it to. So you me. went over to a stranger and asked him to see his balls. Yes, absolutely. Okay. I okay. went to Catholic school. Okay. Um. So he no matter you can't listen to this episode. So he handed me the ball and. Uh, I checked it out. It was cool. It was the first Major League Baseball I'd ever seen. I was totally enamored. I went to hand it back to him, and he just shook his head, and he said, no, you keep it. 
I don't know who that person was, yep. but he is still my personal hero to yeah. this day. He made a memory, basically, Absolutely. for you. Absolutely. And it basically you know, spawned on a lifelong memory of baseball going forward, along with other instances of being with your family. But it's that camaraderie that we always talk about for baseball that makes us want to come back to the park. But that's why I flipped the ball to the kid. Sure. Because no matter what else is going on, you just made that kid's season. Yeah, but I'm sure that kid that you flipped the ball to behind, like, there's just like... Pfft. Sucker. <laughs> Sucker. He sold it, sold it on eBay. No yeah, big deal. Exactly. So. Oh. Yeah. Well, you know, good times. We've shamed somebody on uh, on the internet, and yeah. frankly, that's what it's for. Absolutely. And that that is our show. So remember, you can find this and our entire catalog of indispensable episodes at birdseyeviewbaltimore.com. Bird's Eye View is available for wherever it is you get your podcast. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Spotify, and many others. Please remember to rate and review the show, only if it's positive. And we appreciate the feedback and it encourages other people to listen for the first time. Come and get social with us. You can email us at contact at birdseyeviewbaltimore.com. If you would like to tell Scott how awful Kevin Gregg is, he's at scott at birdseyeviewbaltimore.com. Or just DM us. You can find us on social media on Instagram, where I uh, grammed this evening. You grammed? I grammed. Wow. You can find us on Facebook, Snapchat. But the best way to get a hold Snapchat's of us... Snapchat's dead, right? I, I'm too old. Okay. I, it's on my phone. Gotcha. Uh, you can find us on Twitter where we tweet at Bird's Eye View, B-A-L. And with that, Baltimore and beyond, I'll bid you all a fond adieu adieu. Good night, Baltimore. Be safe out there. And let's go O's. Scotty, it's dark. Do you think Brady Anderson ever hooked up with a drug dealer's wife? What? <laughs> <laughs>